This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds. And they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So, the only thing left to say is, you win? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards points delivered too, so the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via other participating restaurants, 18 plus rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and time supply, see mcdonalds.com. Well, welcome everybody to yet another edition of the Forever Bristol City for, Forever Bristol City podcast. We are talking in the wake of the two-nil defeat to Barnsley at Oakwell. Joining me this evening are regulars Ian and Mark, and I'm delighted, first time on Forever Bristol City podcast, to have uh, Nigel Whittle. Nigel, good evening, and welcome to uh, our podcast clan. Welcome to you. Good evening, chaps. Uh, yeah, really looking forward to um, having a discussion, although uh, not really looking forward to discussing what we've We're just not witnessed, really. I'm sure. We're yeah. not really. Yeah. I mean, as welcome, we normally welcome do to these... the eulogy, Nigel. Yeah. <laughs> as we normally do in these uh, things, yeah, I'm not going to say let's have 30 seconds from everybody on the game because, you know, there isn't a great deal to talk about in terms of the action. So I'm going to come to each of you in turn. I'll start with you, Nigel. One word other than shambles that describes City's performance this evening. You first, Nigel. One word, just that. Confusing. Okay. Mark? Um, unfathomable. <laughs> <laughs> Ian? Pathetic. Okay, that seems good. Yeah, I, my word is uh, hyphenated, so I'll count that as one word. Shit show. But there we go. Um, <laughs> it's so depressing. So taking, the, taking the quality of the show up there. I know, I know, I know. It is so depressing. Um, the lineup. Uh, Nigel, you first. Any surprises in there for you? It was was it? It was just one change from the starting lineup on Saturday, wasn't it? Yeah. It was, yeah. No, no major surprises for me. I think, um, I think I was pleased, obviously, on the weekend that he went back to a three-five-two formation, which I've said many times this season. I think is our best formation with the players we've got available. Um, I think it was, it was either going to be Vyman or Scott starting as right back, and I think it was right to start with Vyman. Um, and just the one change. The only thing I would say, and I've been saying it for weeks, is I think James and Williams are both struggling to get through ninety minutes. So personally, I'd be rotating them and giving them 45 minutes each and, and, and sort of playing off Masengo. But he seems to, um, he's not quite doing that as often as I think he should be. So yeah. no and what about surprises. Uh, 
No. What about Chris Martin starting? Uh, I mean, Naki came on in the end as a result of injury, but, you know, maybe Wells worthy of a starting place after a decent sub appearance at Ewood Park? He's just not in the frame, is he? This is the reality of it. I mean, I think, you know, there's a lot of fans that are asking for Wells to be involved week after week, but the reality is he's not. Um, I don't think that's going to change anytime soon, if I'm honest with you, Dave. I think, and, and, and the other thing I would say is, whilst I'm a fan of resting Martin, I think it's, he's needed a rest. Away games are, tend to be the games where you would play your, 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 sort of, your bigger target man um, just to try and help defend corners, which I'm sure we're going to come on to at some point. <laughs> that's an understatement. Uh, mm. Ian, uh, or Mark rather, I'll come to you because Ian's mic's down at the moment. Mark, um, the lineup. Uh, Nigel said I'm no here. real surprise. All right, I'm doing, I'm doing Mark, and I'll come to you. Um, no All surprises right, in the lineup for you, uh, Mark. No. Uh, Are you asking me? Hello, Mark. Can you hear me? I'm asking you, Mark. Yeah, go on, speak. Yeah, I mean, knew I knew that William. We knew that Williams would, would be left out for reasons that became clear uh, a lot later. I think the problem the problem is playing playing Vyman. It right wing back is his his positional sense, and you could see through the first half that that didn't that didn't work. I mean, was it right to play a, a, a really a five three two against Barnsley? That was easy to say in retrospect. It was all the side was decided because Williams can't play. We can't play three games three games in a week. But he's likely to play. We're not likely to play two games in a week. It, it, well, he can't play fifteen minutes. It looks like his hamstrings gone. I would have played. I would have played Wells from the start with those with those three centre backs uh, of theirs. I think we there was a there was a definite. Uh, you know, we could we could have played the ball on the ground more. We didn't need to play the ball on the air. We just needed to play the ball faster. We were just playing some long balls behind the first half. It was all so sloppy. Yeah. I, I, I didn't like it. Didn't like that's it another word. That's, a, that's another word to uh, describe the performance. Uh, Ian, uh, the side um, sort of picked itself for the reasons that the others have said. But are you surprised you didn't give Naki Wells a start? Because Martin has looked leaden-footed. I agree with Nigel's comment that maybe away from home. But he can't manage two games in a week either, can he? Well, I would have started Naki Wells, and I, I, I said the same during the week. I'd have started him next to Semenya because uh, Chris Martin hasn't got hasn't got any pace, and we're incapable of crossing the ball properly enough times for him to get on the end of anything. Um, what disappointed me uh, about I mean playing Byman is a, a right wing back is an antic. It's not a tactic. Um, what upset me tonight was how technically dreadful a lot of our players are. And by technically, I mean first touch. Simple passes. Pass the ball in front of the guy as he runs forward. Don't pass it to his feet or behind him. And if there was a prize for passing the ball slowly and passing it backwards, we'd be top of the league because we're absolutely dreadful. And to let in two goals from set pieces, if you can't defend set pieces, the first thing you do is put a guy on each post. And if we'd have done that tonight, they wouldn't have scored either of their goals. Yeah, so caught out again. Caught out again. Um, well, somebody's put it, on here. It, how yeah. long have we been like it? it? It's the next in a long line, and I'll, I'll, I'll name them briefly if you give me the time, of unacceptable performances, the majority of which have been away. And it's another one 
Uh, tonight. Now, now well, we don't. I mean, we don't. We don't need to. We, we, you know, this is. You know, we've gone from being one of the best away sides to an absolute shambles uh, away from uh, home. And as you've said yeah. on other occasions, Ian, you know, you can you can list the games, and there's too many to list now. That's how I view it. Let's dig in. Let's dig into the action. Nigel, you you were talking to me about lack of uh, per- perceived lack of coaching nous. You know, when you look at the goals that we've conceded. And the first one, it came after early pressure, I thought, from uh, Barnsley, not looking like a side that was in the bottom three, but then we make them make mm. most sides look better than us. Um, corner needlessly conceded by Cundy, but when the ball fell to Morris for his eighth goal of the season, we have plenty of players in the box, but mm. there's no decisiveness there, was there, on nine minutes? There wasn't, no. And, and you know, we've not heard what Nigel Pearson's come out and said yet, but I'm pretty sure he's going to say the same as he often says, which is that you need heart, desire and passion to defend your goal line. And, and everybody in football knows that is the case. But there's a difference between fundamental setup, uh, process, um, understanding your roles, being given particular players to mark, as Ian said, whether you're going to decide to, to, to defend the, the, the post or not then heart, desire and passion. You need both, in fact. So I'm fed up with hearing Nigel Pearson coming out blaming the players' heart and passion because are they being instructed who to mark, when to mark, where to mark and why to mark? And I'm not convinced they are because we've seen it too many times this season where opposition players are given the freedom of the, the world inside our box and can score at will. And that's not acceptable from a manager that was a quality centre-back and also an assistant, which was a also a defender. It's not acceptable, as far as I'm I mean, concerned. You'd expect us. You'd expect us to be the sort of side with those two in charge. Should be difficult to be. Scrapping one, mm. was scrapping one-one nil-nil draws and one-nil wins, or losing one-nil or something like that, because it's the yeah. dreaded two conceded uh, again. Mark, first goal for you. You know, a shambles because there were players in the box and nobody reacted. They, I mean, the ball bounced off one of their blokes and. Three of our players seem to be round the uh, the guy Morris, who forced it over the line. Ian, I'll come to you on Mark. that. So Mark's microphone's yeah. off. Go on, Ian. Second, yeah. first goal, uh, shambles. Well, first goal is a corner. Um, guy gets a slight touch on it, goes to the back post. We've got six players, as I could work out, between Bentley and the goal, and the ball finds its way um, to one of their players who's not marked tightly enough, three, four yards out, and he jams his leg out, and it goes past Bentley. I mean, not a great goal, not well constructed, but like I said, if we had a defender on that post, he could have came, come through and kicked the ball away. Um, but we haven't, and that's just down to organisation. And we're in now, what's that, our... 38th game tonight of the season. Yep. Yep. And we're not organised at the back. Now, now when you look at it, we had uh, two six foot four guys and a six foot two guy at the back. We had Chris Martin, uh, who's uh, decent in the air uh, for a guy of his height. Uh, And we're still nowhere near getting rid of that ball. Uh, So, Crosses again, set pieces again. Um, I don't doubt that Pearson knows what the problems are. I severely doubt that he's got any solutions because surely, if he had the solutions, he'd have um, he'd, he'd have done something by now. And 
the injury side of it, if Joe Williams can't play three games in a week, right, what's he doing on the bench? Leave him out. Yeah. No, that's true. Nice. That... And, and if he can, he's got a major problem because he had a full preseason. Yeah. He started playing. And what's that? His third hamstring, fourth hamstring injury. Yeah. Losing. Oh, I know. And he just so did a sprint. What was it? A 30 yard sprint tonight, wasn't it? Yeah. When he uh, went bursting he's through. Done his, he's, he's, done his, he's done his leg. There is something inherently wrong. Yeah. Uh, and and he, something needs to happen because it, it's, if you go out as a man around the team and you're thinking, hmm, how long is he going to last? And how about him? And do you think he'll last? Oh, well, hang on. We better hang on with the subs a minute because. You know, he he might go down, and he, he could go. And all of a sudden, your concentration's off the game completely. And for a side that was before tonight twenty second in the league, mm. if you took the two teams and you were an unbiased observer, and somebody said, "Right, pick a you could pick a team out of the reds and the blacks. You have anybody you want from either team. You'd have had their eleven. You wouldn't have had one of ours, not one." Mm, I think. Well, I, I don't know. know. Well, I'd look that. at it another you way. I'd look at it another way, and I would say if you look at the two teams on paper, on paper. Oh, I'm not worried about paper, Dave. Paper's no, I know based you, on the performance. So why are we not getting the best out of our players? Let's come on to that in a minute, Nigel. The second goal. Would you say, from a coaching perspective, it was worse than the first, or was it just one player, Semenyo, didn't go with a bloke, uh, Helic, and uh, and mark him, or as Ian says? Yeah. If they'd had somebody on the post, that one would have been kept out, wouldn't it? Yeah, so I was going to say, yeah. in fairness, to, if you compare the two goals, I actually think the first goal um, was just simply down to an individual error. I watched it back and the ball's just kind of bounced under Scott um, and then he's been slow to react and the guy's just sort of kind of toe-poked it in. I don't. You could argue that that was sort of the wrong player in the wrong position from a coaching perspective, but I do think that was more of an individual error of Scott wipes his foot through that and it gets cleared, then there's no danger. If you compare that to the second goal, then actually that was, a, that was completely fundamentally wrong. So the guy's had a completely free run. He's, mm. he's got ahead of Semenya and he's had a free header at goal. No one's tracked him. And then, as Ian has said, it's gone into the goal because there's no one actually marking the post. So I think there's two fundamental coaching flaws with that one. Whereas the first goal, as I said, I think arguably you could, you could argue it was just an individual mistake from Scott and just a bit of naivety. I mean, they were 2 0 up. That's 2 0 up after uh, 20. What summed us up uh, for me, uh, Nigel, was um, when Atkinson ended up on his backside twice after yeah. one of their blokes broke down along the line and then it ended up with Cundy heading the ball over the top. I mean, we were rocking, weren't they? You know, and a better side would have gone on and scored even more than that, too, wouldn't they? Oh, for sure, for sure, and and I'm sure we're going to come on to it, Dave. But you know, how many positional changes did we witness in that first half and, and the start of the second half, which ended him. up with ended up with Atkinson playing as a left back and De Silva playing as a right back. I mean, you honestly could not write it if you wanted to make a bit of a. And joke when he's got story. Zach Viner, he's got Viner and step. Pring on the bench. Oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's got Pring, he's got he's got Pring on he's, the bench. I mean, he's Pring, Pring's back. a good. <laughs> yeah, sorry, the, the it's lost, astonishing. Lost, lost it's, 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 uh, tonight was just an absolutely astonishing example of either stupidity or a lack of coaching 
nonce, and I don't know which one it is, to be honest with you. But Ian, you... What, do, what do you say about what Nigel's just said about the positional... I mean, there's not a great deal more to talk about in the action, but we'll pick a few bits. But I'll come back to you, Ian, on the positional. When you had recognised defenders on the bench in Pring and... Um, the other player. <laughs> Zach Voigt. Zach Voigt. Zach Viner. Sorry, Zach Viner. Yeah, who can play him? In you remember order. Zach Viner? Anybody yeah, out there remember yeah. Zach Viner? Uh, I, know, I can't remember. Us. How old is Zach Viner? 24, is he? Sorry, I must be more factually correct as somebody uh, picked me up on OTIP the other day. Ian. Um, Ian. Yeah. The thoughts on the way the shape of the side went. I lost track at the end of it. I was so bored. It's I did, Dave. i got to be honest. I think in the end, Viner was, was playing left wing. Uh, Wells was playing up front Chris Martin was doing something I don't know what um, Antoine had to go off I thought he was one of the few players that actually you know, I'll come back to what I said I think I'd, I'd probably have some menu in my team uh, if I pick one and you probably have our goalkeeper because at least he showed what he could do well, we Sydney test their bloke well we never gave their goalkeeper anything to do so you don't know if their goalkeeper was any good or useless um, so this is the problem you've got. I mean, some, somehow uh, the stats have com- uh, conspired to tell us that we had 16 shots tonight with three on target. Mm. I mean, they only had five shots on target out of 12. We had three out of 16. Uh, honestly, can't really remember any. I mean, the, the header off the line by one of their defenders in, in about the last... 91st minute, minute Martin time. header off the line... On just before yeah. that, we might have been on seventy. J- Jada Silva had a shot saved. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. the only one that yeah. I can oh, remember. I remember. I remember that now, and that was a bit of bad luck. If that had come out, you see the keeper did well to keep that away from Semenyo and whoever else was there. But I, you know, I, I'm I'm sorry. Uh, I mean, Naki Wells had a decent chance at the end when he got played in. The ball just yeah. seemed to glance his foot, but. We've had too many of these performances and I don't see any... I can't see what's suddenly going to make it right. And I, I, no. Or I can't see what's going to make it right long-term. Let's forget Sunday. Let's forget next week. In fact, I'll tell you what, let's forget the rest of this season. What is going to make it right in the summer? Mm. Um, because I'm telling you now, I, I'd be getting rid of the manager and all the coaches... If Pat Mountain's the guy that does set pieces, he's got to be the first one to go out the door. I'm sorry. Yeah, well, we know the manager's not going to go in because they're not going to get rid of him, are they? I mean, what they'll do is they'll hopefully. Well, I'm, not well... I'm not telling. I'm not saying what we are going to do. I'm saying what what are we? What's going to happen? If somebody could tell me what's going to happen to make things change because we haven't got any yeah. money. We know we've got to sell players, so all right, we might get a few million for some players, and and then that might give Nigel Pearson money to spend. Uh, my question to anybody, and, and it is a question, would you trust him to spend money? Let's say right. we we got ten million for Masengo, and we're not going to get that. But let's just say, based on the last month, to, we're not going to get that. No, would you no. would you would you trust him to spend that money? And the answer is yes or no. Um, All right, let me go. Let me ask. Uh, I'll come to you first, Mark. Then Nigel, the same question, because you know we we do get criticised on this podcast for you know going 
we're great when we win and then lurching to crisis and piercing out when we lose. But we're just expressing opinions on here. And Ian's posed a very good question that we actually raised on a podcast a couple of weeks ago. Mark, if Nigel had 10 million to spend in the summer, yeah, do you trust him? Do you think he could spend it wisely? Yeah. Or would you have your doubts? And we maybe need to keep 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 our uh, keep the money in our purse. Well, I'd I'd, I'd have I mean I'd, I'd have doubts. Firstly, you have ten million to spend, but I mean if you base it on the the recruitment of Andy King and, and Danny Simpson, you've got to be you know that would give me major worries. I mean, what is likely to change in the summer is we're going to bring in a head of recruitment. If anybody would want, no, would we're want not. That Are we? No, we're no, not going to bring. No, I thought not. we were looking to bring no, in a head of recruitment. No. No, we're not. We're not. That's so who, who is head of recruitment at the moment? Well, Sean Gillespie. Well, Pearson, how can he effectively he, be head he, of recruitment? How can he effectively be head of recruitment when he doesn't like dealing with agents, which he's come out and said that? That, that thing with Pierce, that story that was going on with Pierce, has been debunked. No, no, no. I thought that meant that we were looking, not, not maybe be at Pierce, no, but I thought no, that no, that's no, we were no, looking no, to recruit. No. Recruitment recruitment is going to be tweaked mm. right. right that sounds to you like we're bringing in a head of recruitment or a, a director of football looking at, we're looking to say so we're just having a smaller team are we when we so who have we got Gil Hespie Gil Hespie working with Lansdowne and, and Pearson well John Lansdowne's gonna gonna head it up which fills most people with uh, an, an amount of dread although I've got to be honest I don't know how much John was involved in in the summer but I don't think he'd do a um, a worse job than our summer recruitment. Yeah. All right. Let me ask Nigel because we've 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 talked about we've you you me and Mark Ian have talked about what we think about his transfers. Nigel, you I know you've spoken on other uh, pods, but let's hear mm. your view. What do you think of Nigel's buying so far? And the key question is: if we sell one or more of the crown jewels, and some of them based on recent performances, we'd be lucky if we got ten million for all three. Yeah, just based mm. on current performances. But mm. do you think that we 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 know what we want, and would you let him spend the money? So, what do you think of what he's done with transfers so far? And that sort of answers how you feel about him spending money going forward. Well, transfers so far, you can really, you can't really put too much credit on what he's done so far. In all fairness, they've not exactly um, been that successful, have they? So, if we look at the individuals, you've said it all before on this on this pod. Um, none of them really have come through with any great success. So, would I trust him? Absolutely not. So, look, I've been, I've been clear right from the start of the season that I, that I don't think Nigel Pearson is the right man for our club and for the way that we want to go forward. I think that Lee Johnson got close um, but right from the day that Lee Johnson was appointed, let's face it no, we, no, we all remember, Lee Johnson was Marmite. You either wanted him to succeed or you didn't and so yeah. it didn't take a lot for him to fail to give enough reason for him to, to be sacked. Now I'm not saying it, it was wrong to sack him at the time because I think it probably was the right time I think he had a good opportunity, um, but but if you jump forward, you know, through Holden and into Pearson, there is absolutely no evidence whatsoever based on last season that Nigel Pearson was going to be successful this season. The stats will tell you that his demeanour, his behaviours, the way he talks to the media, the way he throws players under the bus, the way he alienates certain players within our squad, um, there was no evidence 
whatsoever, which told me he was going to be successful. And as far as I'm concerned, nothing has changed this season. If you look, Ian's quoted stats on here many times before, but our points per game this season is before tonight, because I haven't worked it out, is 1.14 compared to 1.10 last season. So there's no progress for me. Um, and what I like to see is as a, a style of play, as a philosophy, as a way that we can see that we are building. And we'll come on to the three-year plan, I'm sure, at some point in this pod. But yep. you, you can only have a three-year plan, Dave, if you're building steps. And if you're going to end up having to take those bricks away in, in, in the summer, the likes of a Scott, a Semenyo, or, a, or a, Masengo, a Masengo, for instance, then you're not building blocks. You're actually taking the first block away and then we're back to square one again. So no, I've, I've got absolutely zero confidence in Nigel Pearson being the man to take us forward. Hmm. I yeah. think that actually, just what you said, Nigel, touching on style of play, I mean, that might that might put players off perhaps coming to the club. And I think style of the play was one of the things that perhaps kept Ollie, took Ollie Watkins to Brentford because they had a strategy Absolutely. He bought into it, even though he was going to be on less money. He knew that he would be a star there playing, you know, something Absolutely. that suited him. And that's where he's gone up to the Premier League. 100%, I think that's been Mark. City's problem. Yeah, look, you know what modern day players are like now. OK, if you go back 20, 30 years, you had a, most English teams played in the same style. So players would play for certain managers. You look at the way it is now, it, modern day players just expect you know to be treated like royalty and they kind of they want to be in the best environment don't they let's face it so if you've got a choice to go somewhere with a young progressive modern day thinking coach like so even like someone like a cooper look at the, what he's done at forest or ryan Lowe or mark robbins or you want to come to nigel pearson where if you make one mistake at a set play you're getting thrown under the bus you're getting called out publicly you're being told that you've got no heart no passion no commitment where are you going to go where are you going to go? And then also when he comes out and says he doesn't believe in loan players. Well, look at the amount of loan players that have torn, torn us to shreds in recent weeks at other clubs. Oh, it just makes no yeah. sense to me. No, uh, no, Nigel, I'll ask you this question and then Ian. Nigel, people on here that criticise us, and mm. I think all three podcasts do criticise, but we're seen as criticising mm. the most, yeah. right? Yeah. But you know, what do you say to those people who say, oh, well, we're up against clubs with parachute payments. Oh, we're going through transition. Oh, oh, it's all down to Lee Johnson's fault. It's all down to Mark Ashton. What do you say to those people that bleat on, you know, mm. and you know who you are on OTIP, mm. just like we know who we are in terms of players that we don't like or whatever. Yeah, mm. but what do you say to those, Nigel? Well, it, it, it's really hard. And, and the first thing you have to do is you have to respect everybody's opinions because let's face it, we're all football fans and football is based on opinions, isn't it? So whether whether I'm right, you're right, we're all wrong, it, it doesn't really matter. The reality is it is what it is, is a famous phrase that we hear from Mr. Pearson quite often. But look, I'll put the argument together based on what I see and what I can visibly feel and kind of, you know, what we, what we all witness every Saturday. It's not based on what he did at Leicester. It's not based on, well, actually, he's got no money. It's based on the fact that this is what we witnessed. So for the first half of this year, watching the football and the style of play was absolutely abysmal. It was hoofball, no matter what anyone says. And I was so pleased when Dan Bentley came out a couple of weeks ago in his press conference and said, can I just make it sort of straight for the record? That wasn't his exact words, but he basically said there was an accusation flying around that we played hoofball when I was in goal and then we started playing out from the back when Max O'Leary played 
can I make it absolutely clear that that was the instructions that we were given? That was our style of play from the manager. That wasn't me. And I was so pleased when he said that because he was Fair almost take, he was almost yeah. taking the hit for that. And that wouldn't have been Bentley. That was the directive we played. If you were at the friendly in the summer against Aston Villa, I sat in the dolman stand and I, I said to my son, wow, this is appalling. This is appalling. It's, if this is what it's going to be like this season, it's frightening. Every single time Bentley hoofed it up towards Chris Martin at the time or whoever mm. striker was on that day. And it was shocking. Um, and and, and it, it didn't change for a very long time. And then there was a huge demand from podcasts, from your podcast, from other podcasts, from Sound of the City to say, Bristol City, get the ball down and knock it around, play from the back. We, we've always played with a style of play. And to be fair, I think he has tried to change it. And we have tried to play from the back since Christmas. But the net result is that he hasn't got the balance right. And he's now focusing too much on the three up front. And he's not focusing on the defensive side. And we've gone from a team that was hard to beat at the, at the start of the season, but played ugly, to suddenly getting back. Conceded two goals every goal game. Yeah. 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 Ian, um, you, you, me, we get criticised. Um, the Even his staunchest uh, supporters now must be thinking, you know, a few people have said here on the feed this evening, well, let's give him till next season. I mean, he's probably got the first 10 games of next season before it gets really bad. But what do you say to the supporters who are major supporters of Pearson and, and slag us off because we don't appear to be? Well, first of all, uh, Nigel's right. Everybody's entitled to their opinion, but that cuts both ways. So if they're entitled to theirs, I'm entitled to mine. So let's have the same respect going both ways. And I'm happy to debate um, the the whys and wherefores of it, but I mean debate. And once people start calling you names and acting like an eight-year-old, then at that point I'm out of I'm out of the conversation. Uh, I mean, someone's interestedly pointed something. Um, give credit to uh, Rob from South Bristol. He's got some photographs on there. This is on Twitter. Pearson stopped by the tunnel to look over at the city fans that went down to the front of the away end to sound off. Listened briefly, shook his head, and left. So yeah. he was getting some from the away fans. Now, I think our away f- support this season has been absolutely phenomenal based on how bad we've been. And yeah. the, as I said, 98% of the really unacceptable performances have come away from home. And still, they've gone. And God bless every single one of the, I don't know how many hundred, went up there tonight. But what a, it's a dreadful journey at the best of times. The weather ain't brilliant, and they've got to do that. So um, what I say to them is, okay, you tell me why, either from statistics or facts, or even a view, how is it going to, as I said earlier on, tell me how it's going to improve and how it's going to get better. That's all I want to hear, and it's got to be factual. It can't be, well... Look what he did at Leicester. That's the first thing out of people's mouths. And yeah, and let's just let said, me put this to you here. Well, hang on, Dave. As, as Mark, Mark Carter said on here, since he left Leicester seven years ago, Pearson has been a serial loser. Derby won three, lost six. Leuven in Belgium won 18, lost 23. Watford won seven, lost 10. City won 14, lost 30. And, yeah. and his record since he's come through the door has been dreadful. Now, yeah. if, if we were winning games 1-0 and we were way up the table and it, it was a bit basic and a bit 
clumpy and what there is, but we were winning games. And he can quite rightly say, well, look, with what I've got, I'm doing well. And if you look, Forest were bottom of the league when Cooper went there. Look at where they are now. Oh, and once yep. again, they have got a bloke called Jed Spence, who's a bit tidy, uh, on loan. Well, they got Keenan Davis, Jed Spence, and I think they got another kiddie on loan from uh, Man United. Mark, um, Pearson, you know, Pearson without Craig Shakespeare and uh, Steve Walsh, maybe that was a bit like Steve Cottrell without Wally Downs and Nicky Hammond. Do you think there's any truth in that, Mark? That, you know, he's... You know, Possibly. He, he, but... he's, he's reliant on them, and that success at Leicester came with working with Shakespeare, certainly on a day-to-day basis. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, I mean, I think there's a lot of factors. You know, you've got a good chairman there who, 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 who recruited well. They found the right players at the right time. I mean, he played a million for for, for, for Jamie Vardy from Fleetwood. Um, but for all the, the, the critics we've got, we've got, we, we can only, we can only talk about the evidence from our own eyes, the, the results that we've been getting the style of play. Remember, Nigel Pearson doesn't like working with agents. He doesn't like bringing in loan players. He decided to bring Danny Simpson back and uh, and Andy King. I mean, Andy Wyman re-signing was 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 great. He's been fantastic. Nathan Baker, if he'd if he'd been fit, I'm sure would have done a great job. So those two, yeah, those two, fine. And hopefully Nathan gets better soon. But based on what he's done. Um, you, you think we're not going to improve much if they, they're not going to you're not going to bring in a, a, another a, another recruitment head and they're not going to make much changes to that are we going to are we witnessing the, the same type of recruitment in the summer because we're not going to have a lot of money unless we sell two or three, two out of those three players I could see Semenyo going. He could certainly play at a higher you level. Keep saying you and others keep saying two out of those three meaning Scott Masen, uh, yeah, Scott, Scott I'd say Scott, Scott and Semenyo or Masengo. I don't think Masengo is good enough. Say, who's to, you know, I can't see anybody wanting to buy Casey Palmer and I can't see anybody wanting to buy Naki. So then the only other saleable ones that we got that somebody might come for is Dan Bentley in goal yeah. and Callas. And yeah, Callas. I think so. Well, yeah, I mean, both for both for a big, both for a big hit. I don't know what we signed. We signed Bentley for a couple of a couple of million from from Brentford's. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he's a saleable asset. He could play at a higher level in the championship. Whether a Premier League team would take a chance on him, he's only going to be second or third, or third choice because he doesn't doesn't dominate his area enough as a shot stopper. Excellent. But yeah, we haven't got many saleable assets like a Webster or or a Kelly. But we're going to have to move on. So, well, one of those, you know, a Semenya is going to have to go because of uh, of FFP. And if we want to get rid of Naki, if well, Naki Wells might go for might go somewhere. We'll take a big hit. And similarly, if if Palmer goes, we'd have to take a big hit if we want to get him off the wage wheel. It's going to be a mess. We're tied to Nigel Pearson. Uh, that's what John Lansdowne wants to do. Really, I think the, the three things we we've, we've got are faith, hope, and charity at the moment. Um, that's all. That's the way I'm looking at it because, uh, based on experience, it doesn't leave a lot. Season ticket sales will be interesting, to say the least. They're not exactly going to be. Well, they're uh, going to be flying be, out know, the door. I mean, they're I'm not flying out the door. They might be flying out the stadium. Though. Unit has gone, gone out, but we're not doing anything to inspire uh, people between now and the end of the season. Uh, Nigel, um, I said a few moments ago, you know, Pearson without Shakespeare bit like Koppel without uh, Wally Downs who mm. 
Yeah, had always been his man on the training field. He's brought Curtis Fleming uh, in, but you know, is there any any substance in what I'm saying that 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 maybe that's why he's been a failure? Yeah, I, I ever think since that heady days of Leicester. Well, I think that I think there is, and I and I've said before is that you know Pearson in the early part of this season made a couple of for me really kind of key statements in, in his various interviews you know he said at the start around if you recall back you know he, he wasn't on the touchline which us as fans couldn't really fathom that out you know it's, a manager needs to be on the touchline inspiring their players needs to be in the ref the, the fourth linesman you know the fourth referee's ears constantly when it comes to coaching he doesn't coach so he's come out and said that he, he made the statement around I don't go on the sidelines because as far as I'm concerned, it's just theater. Well, that's a ridiculous statement. If ever I've heard one, he then said, I don't do any of the coaching. I'm a manager. He doesn't really get involved in the transfers because he doesn't like working with agents. So you've got to ask yourself the question, what does he do? Apart from oversee a shambles when it comes to playing style, players, mentalities, players wanting to leave all the rest of it. So I'll keep coming back to it. What is he offering us at the moment that we can't get elsewhere in a more young, modern, progressive coach that I think will have these players playing better than what they're currently playing for Nigel Pearson? So you you think, a bit like I was saying earlier then, because I said Barnsley, player for player, Ian said, well, it's what they did on the night, but player for player on paper, on paper, we look to have a stronger side than the way they're physically performing on the pitch. Yes, is that right? I think our players are more than capable of playing in the championship and being a mid-table championship team. If you use, say, someone like a Jay De Silva, for instance, Jay De Silva was off the bus for a long period of time. And so you'd have that group of City fans that are pro-Nigel saying, oh, well, De Silva's rubbish, you know, he's too short, he can't head a ball, blah, 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 blah. Now he's back in the team and Nigel's kind of saying he's playing well. All of a sudden, Jay De Silva seems to be quite popular in some of our fans' views yeah, of games. Yeah. As far as I'm concerned, he, he, never was pop- he, he never was unpopular for me because this is a lad that has won the FA Youth Cup for Chelsea, I think it was. Um, he, he, when we signed him, we were absolutely over the moon that we signed Jay De Silva. Who is capable of turning a player that was so positive and such a good prospect into someone that was off the bus in the same as Callas was an eight million pound player and then fell out with Pearson last game of last season didn't start this season wasn't nowhere near the squad until our fans clambered and said where is Callas because he's just had a fantastic Euros and yet he can't get in Bristol City's team at the start of the season too many of our players fallen out with Pearson whether it be Palmer, Wells, De Silva, who else? You, the list is endless. Why did well, Maris even Bentley, leave? if you pick up on the comment Bentley, that Bentley made yeah, about that's yeah. not me, I was just playing to instructions. Yeah. Where exactly. do you, I mean, Taylor we haven't Moore. asked you this, Nigel, because you're, 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 uh, you're new on our pod. Where mm. do you stand on Casey Palmer? Is there a player in there somewhere? Because nobody seems to have got anything out of him, and Pearson certainly hasn't, has he? No, I, 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 I don't think there is. I think there is a player. Um, but I don't think there's a championship player that's consistent enough. It, it, I often hear people saying he's our most creative player. Well, he probably is if in a six-a-side match in training. Um, but in reality, you've got to, again, I said earlier about look at the facts and look at the stats. I think arguably, if you've watched him over the last two or three years, he's been under three or four managers and he just hasn't quite, I don't think he's probably got the right attitude, if I'm honest with you. He seems a nice chap, nice family chap and all the rest of it, but... Yeah, for me, I, he probably isn't quite championship standard, I don't think, on a consistent basis. 
Yeah, and he's not going to run his contract down here, is he? Um, there we go. Okay, um, let's look. I'll come to you next, Ian. Let's look forward to next season, right? And what, you know, because we're saying they're a ragbag of players, all of those that played today. You know, even Atkinson, Cundy wasn't at his greatest. I know you're a big fan of his. But next season, Ian, who... Hmm, I know it all depends on who we sell, and we don't know if we've got Baker, but uh, yeah, whether he's going to, you know, we've got players like Cod that are out of contract. But give me five players that you would want to see and think they probably would start for Bristol City next season out of what's here. Yeah. So five players. Let me answer Semenyo, Voiman, Kalas. Bentley, um, out of the world, uh, Masengo. So there's five. HNM. There's there's five. Yeah. All right. Yeah. That, so that would be five. Yeah. Out of our okay. first team squad of twenty-five. And those five there, arguably, if you look at all of them, I know I haven't been Callis's greatest fan of late because I think he should take one for the team and play out of position in a four, which allegedly on the right side, which allegedly is uh, Pearson's uh, preferred uh, format. Um, Amiga five. Okay. Mark, um, any, and you're only allowed to pick five. Yeah. Like Ian. <laughs> yeah. Same five as him or, you know, substitute. Um, yeah. They're, ben, players ben. Aren't, they're players that you, they're players to use a phrase that Ian can trust. And I sort of agree with him on that. To be fair, um, they'll be ne- they'll play next season, yeah. start next season. Okay, um, Bentley, Callas, Pring, James, Vyman. Okay, I think James will still be here. No, hang on. Do you think he should be? That's, that's the point of the question. Not not. I think he'll okay. Mas- I'll, 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 okay. Masengo, Masengo, Vyman then. No one's Sengu, all right, Scott, so we take yeah. James out. Yeah, because I think James... I, I, I think, think Scott passing, might be on his way and Semenyo. Yeah, yeah. I can see okay. them both that's, going. No, we're assuming... That's right, because we're assuming some have gone. I think right? Masengo will still be here because nobody will buy him based on his performance. Well, based on the last month. Um, <laughs> Nigel, if you sort of said, right, I'm going to... Nigel's got some money to spend, but there's five players that, you know, we are likely to keep because some are going to go, yeah? But what are five players that you would... Uh, say, would form the basis of the side next season? Your side? Yeah, it's not going to be too far different from what's been said. It's, it's mm-hmm. difficult, isn't it, Dave? Because we just simply don't know who out of those three are going to go. Because Scott's obviously, am I right in saying Scott? I think Scott's just signed a long-term contract. And I know, yeah. I know that yeah, doesn't he's here till an, an He's here lot, till 2025. But... Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, I'd like to think that him and his family and agent might think that he's got one more year in the championship before he goes up to the championship. Um, <laughs> I, up to the Premier League. I, I think Semenyo, if anyone goes, I think it'll be Semenyo personally. Yeah, so. yeah, I think Semenyo go. Yeah, if you were watching him tonight and you were a scout and some of the power that he showed and close control and what have you, and okay, he did a couple of bad things. He lost the bloke for the goal. I think Semenyo is more advanced than both Scott and uh, Hanoa. Um, Nigel, mm. it is. 
I think we are going to be stuck with Pearson because as somebody said the other week, at least we've gone through all the pain of being complete and utter shit, but without being relegated, like we've done twice in the last 20 years. Yeah. Mm. We're still in the championship. Yeah. And I think Nigel will still be here. What do you think his preferred formation is? You know, because we, as he mm. as he got what do you think because he keeps talking about the players available where people say oh he's doing a good job with the players available right you know what is it for you is it a 442 is it 4231 what's what's the what's the well, shape of the side no idea dave i mean look if we go back to how he started the season it was a 4231 yeah um and then obviously he moved to a, a 352 in recent weeks, we have gone to a 4-3-3 and lost both those games. If, if you remember, the last two games we lost before we then won a couple of weeks ago. Um, and then the last two, three games, we've reverted back to 3-5-2. So what's his preferred formation? I, I couldn't possibly tell you. Um, I'm guessing it would be a fairly stable, probably a back four would be my guess because of his, obviously, the way he played and being a little bit more old school. So I, I'm, I'm guessing it'd be a back four, but yeah, who knows. Okay. Mark, would you agree with that back back four? Yeah, I mean, some people say we look better at back three. Well, we don't We don't look better at either because, um, you know, the midfield doesn't, doesn't, doesn't protect... The back three makes us exposed. Maybe a bit, we'd be a bit we'd be a bit tighter with a with a back four, but we need a right back. Uh, yeah. We need a specialist right okay. back or two in in the in, in the summer. No question about that. And we need we need some. And George Tanner isn't that guy. George Tanner is a good squad player to have. Yeah, he's your backup right back. Yeah, the problem is with George is he hasn't I mean, he hasn't had a run of games, has he? Because because of injuries for for us to know. I mean he came in at the end of the transfer window, played his first game at QPR, was beaten quite easily, you know, put lots of crosses in. He looked fairly good going forward. But he's I mean like a lot like a lot of players in the last two seasons, we've had long term injuries. I mean the only thing I think is going to help us if it's like like a Christmas carol of Ebenezer Scrooge that he's that uh, Nigel Pearson's visited by the ghost of seasons past, the ghost of seasons uh, future, and the you know present, and the ghost of seasons yet to come. And hopefully, he'll become a different person overnight. Go skipping down the street and discover you know a style of play, and uh, he'll get on with everybody in the world and start being nice. I don't know. What do you think? Well, huh, yeah, <laughs> I, I'm going to say with the with the names that people have get the two of you have given me so far, and 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 Ian. Collectively, I think we've got a little bit of a group there, right? Um, Ian, your thoughts on what we think is Nigel's preferred shape? Are we going to say it's a four-four-two? Do we think four-two-three-one? I'd say four-two-three-one. I truly no idea. No, I, I, and I right. mean that sincerely. I'm not. I'm not saying it for effect. Mm. I, 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 I don't think he knows. So <clears throat> I, I right. can't though. I can tell you what I think our formation should be if everyone was fit, which they never will be. And, and that's my problem. It's all right saying, well, you know, well, fully fit Joe Williams, no such thing. Fully fit yeah. Nathan Baker, that ain't going to happen. So what I'm saying is, is what's the solution? And no one, including Nigel Pearson or any of the football people that I've spoken to, you know, your, your, your Gary Hours and, Chris Honor and people like that who, who played the game at a much higher level than I have, 
They can't tell me either. They'll, they'll yeah. tell you what they they'll tell you what they would do. But when you look at Pearson, I mean, what's the site going to be against West Brom? The first thing words out of your mouth is, "Well, who's fit?" Yeah. If all right. Look, this is the, tonight, yeah. aren't fit. We're a good, we're looking at six nil. If they if all the lads that went off tonight aren't fit, because we just well, God knows what the team would be. Well, I was just chatting to a Baggins fan say, earlier today, and they're, and they're shit at the moment. <laughs> uh, hang on a minute, Dave. They beat Fulham tonight, and they what they also won. Have they? Fulham. I haven't so, seen that result. There you go. Yeah, they won one nil. Fulham's first so defeat in fourteen you, games. Yeah. So if yeah. you if you if you look at it, Mark said, well. First of all, we need a right back or two, right? He signed two in the summer. One bloke we'd had come in on the short-term contract. He'd not been great, got an injury. He then gives him a year's contract, right? Then he signs another 34-year-old bloke who's already played. Yeah. So it's not unpredictable when those players can't play... 20 games a season, never mind 46. No. Is it? I'm not... No, 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 I agree. I mean, let let me just... It's unpredictable or that someone's gone blimey, that's interesting. I never thought of that. But it's absolutely true, isn't it? You you sign a player, you say, how old are you, 34? You've played much football in the last two or three years. No, not really. Right, okay, well, we'll give you a year's contract. We'll see how you do. Who are we talking about now? Are we talking about... Danny Simpson. Well, Simpson, all right. Andy King, yeah. no, Andy King, and Andy, and King. Got yeah. Andy Simpson, and the same thing thing with both of them. Aren't played any football? Both got injured. Well, Simpson, in fairness to him, hasn't been injured this season only because he hasn't played at all. Yeah, let me make this so, suggestion to you, you know, guys. Let me just make this suggestion because yeah, I'm I'm working on the basis that we've we've got we've got Pearson in the summer. I I I for those of you that say, and some people have said. Uh, I think somebody said on the uh, feed, Nigel, that you've got uh, an mm. agenda mm. <laughs> about anti-Pearson, mm. right? That's your choice, mm. yeah? But, right, this this for me, right, just picking on what we said, who we'd like to be here next season, right? Fencing goal goes without saying, yeah? And this is going to be a 4-4-2. Fencing goal. We need a right back. That is an absolute must. And somebody said the kid who played for Blackburn on the weekend, right back's pretty tidy, as with, with Brighton. But that's the key position. If you lined up on the opening day of next season with another right back, Callas still here. Close, I think, is worth a contract, but Baker's still under contract if he's on a player game, and Atkinson's still here. But if we lined up with another, Callas, Close, and Pring as a back four. Hear me out on this, right? Up front, Andy Vyman's going to be here, and I'm going to assume Semenyo is still here. Maybe that's a big ask. And in the middle, I'm assuming Scott's gone. I'm assuming Hanoa Masengo's here, Jay De Silva. I'm saying there's two other slots in midfield, right, that could come in. And I don't, I think James is a spent force. Yeah, I really do. Yeah. Um, I say, I think Scott's going to go. Those are three positions there. And I'm playing Jay in that midfield as a wide left winger. Nobody sees Cod being given a contract, do they? Yeah. No, not even him, I don't think. Do you, <laughs> do you, think, do you think if he was still here, if he hadn't gone, because player with the most assists, do you think if he's still if he'd still been here, this is all conjecture, if he'd still been here, a player like Nicholas Eliasson would have got any game time under Pearson? I'll ask each of you just yes or no. Nigel, would Eliasson have had 
more game time if he'd still been here? <sighs> it's such a difficult question because the natural answer would be yes, he should have done. But is Eliasson a Nigel Pearson type of player? I, I don't know because, you know, we know that Eliasson came into games, did a little bit of magic, was very creative, was probably one of the greatest assists last year, I think, in the championship or so when he was with us, if you remember. I think he was yeah. either the top That's assist correct. or the second. Um, so he's going to create chances. But is that enough for a Nigel Pearson type of manager? It's but he, like played, but he played Callum O'Dowder when he could. In and out yeah, of but how many assists yeah. did Callum O'Dowder well, have? No. You can't compare the two, can you? I mean, No, no, I, no, no, absolutely. I, I, no. I think Callum O'Dowder for me is... I think what Nigel Pearson saw in Callum O'Dowder, and I think he said something early on in the season, was that he liked his energy. He liked his... Um, uh, what he thought was going to be quite an aggressive style because I think he's quite a big lad in terms of his physicality, but that's not to yeah. say he puts it out on the pitch. So I think he probably saw something in Cod that he was hoping for, which didn't quite come to fruition. So no, I, I'm not sure Eliasson would have got much game time. And I'm um, saying a player, because I'm, I'm just testing the water by asking that question. Say, so do we see him going out for a winger type? Uh, Mark, same question to you. You know, do you see, uh, it's probably a better question to say, do you see him playing ever playing a conventional winger in the mould of Nicholas Eliasson, yes or no? No. I think you need, now, nowadays, you need players that can press. Mm. Uh, you know, whether mid- midfield players, you've, you've, got, you've, you've, got, you've got to press. You've got, you've, got to, you've got to work back. You've got to track your players. You've got to be workhorses as well as, well as, as, as have, have some skill. I think Eliasson, I mean, even when he was playing under Johnson, he was seen as a luxury when we switched to a four if we needed to score a goal because it was his defensive capabilities that were always lacking. He did bring something to the team, but we knew he could throw him on with the last half hour to create something. Yeah, and he, he, he and he and he and he could he could be great, but we couldn't trust him to play from the start, so he wouldn't have played. But no, I think conventional wingers have been have been dead. You, you've got to be able to. Uh, you know, you've got, you've got to be able to drop drop back behind your fullback if you, you know if you're if if they're playing high at the pitch. And, okay. and, how, and, and Dave, how, sorry, Mark, but how many teams play a four four two now with conventional winners? Uh, I mean, I mean, only team I know that play it is is well, we play a four four two. Is I think is Burnley um, after a fashion, but I imagine that's in, a, in a more of a uh, in, in more of a a defensive mould, considering where they mm. are, because I mean they they cut their clough accordingly, don't they? Mm. Uh, they aim to be compact, no, because they can't play they can't play open football like other teams do, because they know they'll get caught. Mm. Yeah. So they cut their cloth cloth accordingly. But most teams don't. I mean, conventional wingers have been dead for years, uh, David. So okay. I don't think that's an option. All right, um, Ian, are you uh, you're still there, Ian? I mean, do you is is do you like my idea of having a Pring JDS left hand side with Jay De Silva being that advanced? And he could also, I, I think he's too short to be a defender, but JDS being not a conventional winger, but that wide left player that you need if you go for a four in the middle. No, I think it's a really bad idea. Um, okay. be, because he's not creative enough. If you look at the number of goals he's got, which I think is one, and then you you look at the number of assists he's got, which ain't many more, and 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 you wouldn't have him wide left. You'd have I'd have Ododa wide left in front of Pring, before him, but I'd do it in a four-five-one, or or even a three-six-one, which I I saw us play once under Danny Wilson. We won four-one and never ever did it again. And funny <laughs> enough, that was a way that was a way at Barnsley 
Um, so, no, I, 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 this shoehorning players into positions they can't play, Lyman, it, it, it right wing back, I thought he weren't very good on, on Saturday until he scored a brilliant goal. I haven't got a problem with that. But up until then, he wasn't great, and he wasn't great defensively. So all this stuff about he runs all day and runs all night, yeah, terrific. But you've got to do something. Well, he got exposed once today. He got exposed once tonight, but they didn't capitalise on where there's a massive hole where he should have been. Yeah, and that happened on Saturday as well. Uh, And it happened when Sam Bell played there. And it's because they're not not full-backs and they're not wing-backs. Now, I saw a lad playing today called uh, Zach Bell. Um, and he's about, I'm guessing he's about 5'10". It was difficult to gauge a player's height. 5'10", right back, quick, likes to tackle, and he can throw the ball the width of the pitch. Long throw. Yeah. Right? Why not give him a try at right back? If you, if you or right wing back. Well, you can, Ian, because we are safe, whichever way you look at it now. So we've got eight games that are all dead rubbers, basically. So you'd want to see well, Dave, I, you, you'd want you to know, see you'd want to see him trying different things. Because as Nigel has yeah. said early on, you know, um you know, he's 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 very rigid in his ideas, but we don't know what any pattern of play looks like. I mean, Nigel, do you think <laughs> I said this on the pod at the weekend, you know, give Naki Wells some game time to at least in the last eight games, he could get three goals and then somebody might come along and take him off our hands. Because what is the point of flogging Chris Martin between now and the end of the season? And sure as eggs are eggs, he's going to start on Saturday, isn't he, Nigel, Chris Martin? And I'd be shocked if he was lining up the opening game of next season because his his legs have gone. Yes, he brought he put one header in that was off the line and he headed just over. Both of those were in the last couple of minutes. But you know, it, Martin for me, what what's the point of flogging him for the rest of the season? What do you what do you say to that, Nigel? Well, we said at the start of the season, and I know I said it, and I know that others said it. I, I heard you guys say it as well. Is that we needed a striker to give Chris Martin some competition and some cover. You all said it. We all said it. And it never happened. And then when we got to January, unfortunately, the focus turned from the priority being a striker to the priority being a right a right back and a yeah. centre back because of Baker's injury. We didn't get the right back. We did get close. So Chris Martin was never going to be able to see out the whole season and be fit and effective. And and it's not fair on him. And it's actually not fair to, to kind of, you know, a lot of fans slag Chris Martin off and, call him all sorts of names. And a couple of weeks ago when he scored two, all of a sudden he was, he was God, wasn't he? And everybody was saying what That's fantastic it. player yeah. he was. So it we just shows how fickle yeah. Some, yeah. We don't know are. anything. Yeah. No, yeah, exactly. Fickle. Look, we're fickle. I'm yeah. fickle. We That's all the world are. we live yeah. in. Yeah. yeah. That's the world we live in today. So he does need cover. He does need somebody else. Do I think he's probably still going to be signed and playing for us next season? Yes, I do. Because of the predicament we're in. Um, but if we were in a different predicament, then I'm sure we'd be looking to replace him with um, a younger model. Mm. But he what will you... play Saturday because it's West Brom and you'll need his height. Well, I know he's not tall. We know that. But we'll need his uh, physicality. So he will He will play on I'm dreading. I, I, I'm dreading West Brom. I mean, you know, I mean, look, let, we got three points on Saturday, but it could easily have been a draw even worse than that. Yeah, we, we when was the last time? The last time we put in a decent 
performance. Mark, when was that? Was it Preston away or no? There was the the home game. It was a good home game, and then Coventry we played well at home, even though we lost. So we've had a couple of good performances in the last six weeks, I guess. Yeah, I think what what people don't like is it's that lack of desire um, in in games. You know the the, the slow starts. I mean, you, tonight you played against a team that won five games all season. They're down yeah. there for a reason, but they didn't show any lack of desire at all. They, they, no. they just played they with took great the ball energy. Off so many times they played with purpose. They had a lot of lone players. I mean, um, uh, Gomez, I think, from Man City. They had another player, Vita, I think, is a, it was a Bayern Munich two. Keenus, who's on loan from Watford, you know, good, energetic, lone lone players. Barnsley still got a chance. Still got a chance of staying up. Yeah, yeah. Even though they've only won six games this 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 season, but they looked, looked better than us. They they gave it they gave it everything. They weren't the best side. It wasn't a great game, but they deserved to win the game. And and, and that's the problem. People won't don't want their don't want their side want their side you know to show some metal, mm. defend properly. Just do do the basics yeah. properly. Yeah, do the basics. And when they can't do that, that's when it, they get upset. And for a manager, I think Ian was saying, obviously. You know, if he, you know, it'd be better if he'd have just got perhaps gone over and clapped the fans because they were saying in the commentary, a, a few of those fans have watched the under 23s today and then gone and straight up, up afterwards. Yeah, that shows yeah. commitment, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah, Tomo's put on here on the feed, he said, just listen to Pearson's post match, same old, same old, <laughs> as he goes. <laughs> well, it's not my fault. Not my problem. It's getting um, into the it's getting into the realms of, of Sean O'Driscoll. He's, he's not know, quite he's not quite there. No, 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 no. He's not quite got that far. Uh, <laughs> not not uh, not not um not just yet. But you're right. I mean look, these podcasts are becoming like groundhog day because we're talking we want to talk just a few more times about things to be positive about, and even the well, young there's the, the, got... the emergence of some of the younger players, but there's that has the, been the lack good. of the lack yeah. the problem we've had lack of experienced players. Poor, poor recruitment of, of experienced players and the same old injuries, and we've 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 got what we thought was a, a great player in Joe Williams, but his fitness has been has been that's shocking why, since he joined us. That's why I didn't. That's why I didn't list him. In you that, look at him tonight. You have to feel sorry for the guy. He pulled the shirt over his head. He was in pain. He, you know, he looked like he was close to tears because this is just it. Just keeps recurring these injuries. And I think he only came on because he had to. Maybe that wasn't a good idea. Maybe they should have put Zach Viner on there. Mark, I was going to say that. I was, I was going to say exactly the same. In fact, I did say the same thing on on our fans yeah. forum that I sort of um, involved in. Is you've got Pring and you've got Viner on the bench. Why mm. do you bring Williams on and then change your left back and right back across when you've actually got straight swaps? You, it, Williams did not need to come on at that point in the game. No, Especially I mean the thing is, he throws it. himself in, and and he gave the impression, and he really drove that midfield. We looked all the better for him on the mm. pitch, mm. and you're thinking if Williams can stay on the pitch, Williams can affect the game. But that's the problem; his body won't let him. Mm. Yeah. yeah, and that's yeah. that's very sad. Um, Tomo said Pearson in or out. I'm going to say Pearson in because it ain't going to change. It doesn't matter what we think, Ian. Pearson's still going to be in charge at the start of the season, regardless of what we think, isn't he? Yes. Never mind what yeah, you I think, that he's got I, to be here. No. He's got to be here, well, isn't he? I, it, it does matter what I think, because we're doing a podcast, and I can only tell you what I think. I can't tell you what anybody else thinks. I think he should have been gone in November. Uh, mm. But do I think he may well be here at the start of the season? Yes, I do. Um, and, and someone's 
uh, made a comment on Twitter and said, you know, Pearson was honest in his post-match um, interview. And I said, yeah, I don't doubt it for a minute. I, and I don't normally disagree with much he yeah, says because he's not yeah. a liar. But what I'm not hearing and never hear is a solution. Yeah. Right. I can tell you what's wrong with anything you like. Right. You, we take you take you. You come to me with a car and say, "Don't go." Right. Okay. Well, it won't start. I can't get it in gear. Blimey, yeah, that's terrible. Yeah, but what am I going to do about it? Well, I don't know. It's no good asking me for a solution. And that's the bloke I want. I want the solution provider. Yeah. Not the bloke that tells me what's wrong, because I can I can see what's wrong myself. I go out in the morning, my car don't go. I can I know roughly what's wrong with it. Yeah. It won't it's go. interesting. I want it's the interesting. Bloke, bloke to turn up who can fix it. Yeah, and, it's interesting. Mark Carter. Mark Carter's put here. Pearson's interviews are descriptions. They're not analysis. That's an interesting. Take on exactly that. right. Mark. Mark. Um. You know, but Pearson. He's definitely going to be here at the start of uh, next season. Uh, uh, do, do you do you agree with with that view? And that you know he's completed year one of the three year plan. That's writing off the thirteen games at the end of last season. So Pearson still here at the start of well, uh, Dave, next season. Can I just sorry to interrupt, but yeah. why why are you writing off the games at the end of last season? No, I'm not writing them off because it's a three year plan, and I'm just you, you just said you were. Yeah, I'm writing those off because the three-year plan to those that are defenders of Pearson would have started after he'd had his first window. So he inherited. Oh, no. no, no, I'm oh, just. No. Look, I'm playing no, to I'm the not, wider audience. Sorry, let me let me just put I'm let me just put it. it this way. Let me just put it this way. Nigel Pearson, this season, fans, we've we've said this countless times. You can only lower your expectations so far. I mean, they're they're yeah. at rock, rock bottom. How much lower can they go into the realms yeah. of Hades? So effectively, we start again next season, all based on next summer's recruitment. So he's only got say you know ten games to prove to prove his metal next season. I, that's, I, that's I, Mark, it. I think we can't that's, continue I think the way that's we're going. The thing because the fans are going to vote with their feet very soon. Yeah, we um, can't continue no, the way we're doing, yeah. and, and and he has to sort it out. So for the fans that that uh, you know, I want Nigel to succeed. I think we all want every Brit- uh, every Bristol City manager to succeed, whoever they are, including because we support Sean the club. And Driscoll. That's right. Uh, that's right. <laughs> but but he's, if he doesn't start proving it next season, there's 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 a line. And the yeah. club can't afford to go down to league. And one. that line is probably the end of September, <clears throat> beginning of October. Yeah. I mean, Nigel, yeah. would you would you agree with that? That you know, doesn't matter what we think about Pearson, whether we're we're in or we're out, he's still going to be here. He's going to get this window, and he's going to get this summer to prep, isn't he? Yes, would you agree with that well, view? Uh, well, whether it's right or wrong, and express your opinion. Right or wrong. I'll, I'll give my view, Dave. But can I just quickly, very briefly, just just pick up on the point about me having an agenda? And I will just say, you know, of course, I don't have an agenda. I'm a fan, like everybody on this podcast. But I buy four season tickets to go and watch the games. And, I, and, I, and hopefully what I've said tonight has just been a fan's view on what That's I see right. week yeah. in and week out. Yeah. It's no agenda because I'm not no. going to have any influence on whether he's here or not. In answer to your question, I think we can't, I don't think we can say he will be here because football's a funny old game and anything can change. And he could be in the dressing room now. He could be having a discussion with Lansdowne tomorrow. They could have a bus up and it could all change on Monday. The reality yeah. is football can change overnight. So who knows? Do I want him to be here? 
Based on what I've seen in the time he's been here, the answer is no, I don't want him to be here. Do I think he will be here? I think that I, I don't think it's as clear cut as you think. I think Lansdowne, whilst we're in a financial situation with regards to players, Lansdowne's not going to sit back too much longer and watch his club go the way they're going. I, I, there, there has to be a point when John and Steve sit down and say, do you know what? Is this going the way we want it to go? What happened to the five pillars, for instance? They seem to be a thing of the past. So, I'm not. I'm not convinced. This is as clear cut as it is. I think the next nine or ten games will have a huge bearing on whether he is here next year. Mm. Yeah, yeah, and it's interesting. We got some interesting games uh, coming up, haven't we? Yeah, because if you look at the next three, I know there's an international break. Is it? Correct mm. me if I'm wrong. Somebody, I think it's well, it's West Brom at home, and then uh, Bournemouth. It's Bournemouth away, Peterborough at home. Is it like that? Yeah. And then Sheffield United, uh, Stoke, uh, Stoke away. Stoke. Stoke away. Um, yeah, he's got, there's no, there's no easy games yeah. in this division. And no. you, you would hope that Peterborough, I think we've got Hull, Hull away as well. No, Sheffield United away on the last day of the season, isn't it? Yeah. No, it's no, the last game of the yeah. season. All right, so that yeah. we're going we to spoil their promotion party. Probably not, but then we did to Brighton's a few years ago. All okay, right, guys. Okay. When, I was on, when I was on Radio Bristol last Monday, I looked at those last 10 games and I worked out in my head whether I think we'd win, lose or draw. And I came up with, I think we'll get 10 points. Um, and, yeah. and so far, I'm, I'm spot on three points out of the first three. Now, if we get 10 points... Then we'll finish on, I had us down this finishing. This was actually before the game the weekend, but I had us down on finishing on 50 points. Last season, we finished yep. on 51 points. So someone tell me where the progress is. Zero. Zero. No. Okay, guys, uh, very quickly, um, West Brom on Saturday. Uh, win, lose or draw, Ian? West, uh, on Saturday? Yep. West Brom, uh, lose. Yep. Mark? I hate to say this, but lose. Nice. Let's be proved wrong. Full house, I'm afraid. Full house. I, I'm going to say a draw, but that's just to break the mould and try and show that I do try and look on the bright side sometimes. <laughs> guys, it's been a great evening. Nigel, great having you on for the first time. No, I really do enjoyed come that. On again. Do come on again. Well, Dave, great. Yeah, Dave just, a, just a quick one before we go. Uh, Nigel, the quote from Nigel Pearson. As I came off, there were some fellas there let me know exactly what they thought, and I can't disagree with them. They follow us in big numbers and spend a lot of money in supporting us. We should give them a better performance than that. And like I said, great that's a honesty. description. That's not a description. actually. Well, then, Nigel, yeah. fair, fair, fair play, Nigel. We got to do something about it, mate. Yeah, so. do something. Exactly right. Do yeah, something. yeah. So, so what are we going to do? That's what yeah. I want. I've never. There's I'm never. I'm going to go pray. Let's I don't have know some about solutions. You. Yeah, let's have some solutions. Yeah, say guys, one, say one for guys, me. Guys, have a great rest of week. Enjoy listening, everybody. And within the next 48 hours, I'll have my uh, special uh, in conversation with none other than uh, Alan Dix. I spent a, a, an hour, hour and a half with a great man 10 days ago. And uh, some great little stories coming in there. I'll also be interviewing him at the uh, Senior Reds on Thursday lunchtime. So uh, if anybody who's listening goes to that, um, that should be another interesting afternoon. But thanks for all your support and comments. And uh, come on, you Reds. Here we go. All the best. Cheers, everyone. Good night. Cheers, all. I heard a robin this morning. I'm feeling happy today. Going to put my cares in a whistle. Blow them all away. What if I've been unlucky? Really, I ain't got a thing. There's a time I always feel happy, as happy as a king.
when the red, red robin comes bob, bob, bobbing along, along. There'll be no more sobbing when he starts throbbing his old sweet song. Oh, wake up, wake up, you sleepyhead. Get up, get up, get out of bed. Cheer up, cheer up, the sun is red. Live, love, laugh and be happy. What if I've been blue? Now I'm walking through fields of flowers. Rain may glisten, but still I listen for hours and hours. I'm just a kid again, doing what I did again, singing a song. When the red, red robins are bob, bob, bobbing along. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? Our participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and time supply. See mcdonalds.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.